0: Welcome to the episode 63 of the Worldwide Shells pod. Um, back again after two-week break. Um, first time back since after our Champions League winning pod, which was great. Check it out if you haven't. Um, got a nice
1: set of guest lists today. Uh, started with Marv. How you doing, my man? Uh, fantastic, my friend. You know, ready for this investigation into dinosaur bones. It's going to be a good shindig. G-
0: oh, Jesus. If it- well, Marv is... Putting out all the, as many dad jokes as you can at the moment, um, as you'll see if you follow
1: him. If if you well, luckily have him on Facebook, well, you see you all these dad, daily dad jokes. We do. We also need the stats for today's uh, games, right? So I've made a graph showing all my past relationships. It's got an x-axis and a y-axis. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm doing good, Matt. <laughs> right,
0: we, we we've just lost all of our listeners already, so. Kind of, oh. kind of waste, waste, the pod's time now. But we'll, we'll carry on. Um, our next guest from America as well, Jester. How you doing, my man?
2: Fair to partly cloudy,
0: and you, sir? Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing good. And it's happy to have football on every single day, and so kind of enjoying myself at the moment. Excellent. And our last guest, obviously, came on two weeks ago, just before Champions League, and it was a pleasure to have him on. Uh, wasn't on for ages before he came on, but we've managed to get him on back on again very quickly. Corey, how are you doing, man?
3: Sheesh, your boy's back.
1: Uh, I hope I hope you're back many more times because it's great to have how you did I, How did I get a complaint for my introduction when Corey opens <laughs> it? I think cheese? Hey, 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 hey. It's, he, he's, he's, he's bringing his inner London out again. Honestly, yeah. I, I was actually um, actually walking down the street here in Mexico the other day and uh, someone started chucking cheese at me and I was like, how mature? <laughs> oh, God. Uh,
0: anyway, I, I don't even know how to answer that. So, anyway, um, Corey, I hope you're
3: doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. How about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, as I said, very good. Euros are on, so mm-hmm. very good to watch at the moment. Um apart from, obviously, what happened yesterday. Um, obviously, before we get started, um, what happened yesterday was a very dark day, but luckily, um, didn't turn out as bad as we it could have been. Um, just want to say, obviously, it's, this is a Chelsea pod, and normally Tottenham players don't exactly get a lot of positive mentions on here, but f- rivalries aside, country-nations aside, uh, all of us, obviously, wish... Christian Eriksen, the speediest recovery, and hopefully um, one day he can get back to football. Um, just to say from you guys, do um, you have anything to add at all?
1: Yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, good to forget about rivalries at points like that because you don't, you don't want to see that happen at even any play, even players you don't like, right? And so uh, thank God that the. Got him on, you know. The defibrillator worked, and they got got everything, you know. And he's okay. Hopefully, he'll be back on the pitch as soon as. And yeah, thank God that he was okay.
2: Yeah, I just want to uh, again just echo that sentiment. Um, from reports, they haven't found any any structural damage to the heart, from what I understand. So, um, which is which is great. Which means he can still might, he might still have a chance for a career after this. So, you know. Best outcome that could 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 have happened. So uh just prayers and uh hope for a speedy recovery.
3: Yeah,
0: and Corey, anything besides at all?
3: Yeah, I think obviously what we've all said about being rivals, you know, on the pitch and stuff, but I think um this these kind of moments, especially like this, make you realize that um they're they are just you know, these players are human. You know, they we're we're all human, we're all in this together in in a moment like that. It was, I think I was texting, I was talking to Aro this morning about it too. And I think I was talking to you about it, that what a, what a job by, you know, his teammates, you know, coming to his side as fast as possible. And also for that bald twat that we watch, you know, every weekend to go over there and and actually do a good job. I can't commend them anymore for, for trying their best to, you know, obviously keep him alive at that point. Um, when his his teammates and the the refs and the medical team came over so kudos to those guys they deserve everything they're the MVPs of the euros already so yeah 100% Caspers Michael
0: the whole Denmark team um even the Finland players everyone yeah. on that pitch did uh, were, were absolutely fantastic at the time and um the the, o- the only real negative to take out of it was the um broadcasting from the BBC which was Great. um very bad at, to say the least but that there's just, it's just what uh, hopefully it's just one of those things that we hopefully have to never see again. Um, me watching it personally live was sickening to see, and I mean I have got um, personal. Uh, I have personally had that in my uh, my life. One of my friends uh, used to be a professional player and had near enough the same thing, um, and he was never able. Obviously, able, he's never been able to step on a pitch again due to insurance wises. So hopefully. With what jester said with the rumours, it's nothing structurally problems, hopefully it will just be one of the things that he'll be able to get back into his game again and step on the pitch, which would be a huge um kind of it would be a huge win for not just him but for all football fans all football players around um and also just before we move on um hopefully get well soon to Timothy Castagna as well obviously rumoured fractured fractal orbital bone um, which is obviously as we've known from De Bruyne um, it's not a nice thing to go through either so hopefully he gets well soon as well um, hopefully there's not I... any other um, horrible things that happen in the Euros like that
1: I just want to add something to that it was really um, got to give huge respect to the Finland players because that was the, I believe their first Euros they they won the game and they didn't go crazy. They didn't even really celebrate their goal. So I mean, the the level of respect and kind of restraint that that requires is pretty incredible, especially for, you know people that just made history by winning that.
2: game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Diego definitely agreed that. Um,
0: but yeah, even even coming out to people like Lukaku it was a great um tribute that he made for his goal and um song as well. So it it's nice to see the whole footballing community come together yeah. and. Um, really show some strength in that moment. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll politely now obviously move on from the situation. Uh, again, just wish Ericsson, uh to get well soon, hopefully get back onto the pitch. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we go to the main topics, um, starting off with the American national team. Obviously, Corey and Jess will love to get into this. Obviously, they had their... CONCAF Nations League, which I d I didn't know that was a thing until the other week. So um it was it was nice to see Christian Pulisic, within a space of a couple of weeks lift another trophy. Um so Corey, just as tell me what was your reactions from that.
2: I think it was a, a good first step, a step that needed to be taken uh, to be taken seriously as a national team. Um, I don't know if any if if you got got to watch it at all or have seen any replays, but you wanna talk about a rivalry that's unparalleled in the world. Um Mexico, United States is just uh a, a step beyond anything that you'll you'll see in the footballing world uh worldwide. It's uh it's one of those things where it there's no love loss at all. Um and it goes back years. It's been that way. Um some of the some of the fans were all, totally awful, but we need to say that um, the game had to be stopped for three minutes for homo- homophobic uh, slurs, um, and then of course the debris being thrown at players. It, it, that stuff is absolutely unnecessary. Um, you're a fan, right? Be a fan. It's just the same thing as players going up into a, to the stands. You don't want to see that either. So fans need to be fans and players need to be players and needs to be kept separate. And, you know, if you have something that needs to be done, it needs to be done on the pitch, right? That's why we're there to watch, but people take it overboard. As far as the game, it was, it was, it had everything. It had absolutely everything you'd ever want to see from a game. So from an early mistake to a comeback from that mistake. um, And then of course, and it was done twice where Mexico got ahead and, and the states came back and, and tied it up. And then, you know, the penalty that was given, it took forever for it to be given or, or you know, review- it wasn't given at first and reviewed. Uh, the manager, Tato Martinez, was sent off for putting his arm around the uh, referee while he was doing the, the VAR review. So he got a red card and was sent off. The Mexican players scuffed up the penalty spot, so it would be harder for it to be taken. And Christian steps up calmly, a couple steps, boom, top right-hand corner, or top left-hand corner from the keeper, top right-hand corner from his perspective, top bends, no hippity-hop, he just sma- He just put it where nobody could have saved it. So um, hopefully we can build on that and uh, kick on and, and, and do what we expect out of this team.
0: Yeah, obviously, Corey, um, you, obviously America is your inherited country at the moment, um, true Brit at heart, um, but what, what did you make of the game?
3: Yeah, actually, to echo uh, Jared's uh, sentiment, he, he summed it up so well. I didn't watch the full game, I was at work, uh, I got home, I think I got home late, and I got home and I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, they're playing, they're playing, so I, I turned it on, I got like the last half half hour of it. You know, and I was texting, I was funny, I was talking to Marv during the during the game and um, what like Jared said, absolutely everything you could want in a football game. I mean, you saw it, red card for the, the, the manager. you get you get two penalties, you get goals galore. I mean it was it, the last half an hour, I'm not even joking, was so heart pumping. I was couldn't even lay in my bed. I was literally sitting up in my bed watching it because I was like, this is this is crazy. You know what I mean? The two penalties and and in the extra time, you wouldn't have ever thought that that was going to happen. And then, bam! You know, Christian steps up, like he said, takes the penalty, top bins, and you you just get you got everything you wanted. And and I put out a tweet I think that night saying that um, this was a win like this for the confac nations league. This puts all those players, all the young players, you know, Christian Weston McKinney, uh, go down the list of players that puts them on the map. Win one title, win one trophy, and you can start building success on top of that. And I think exactly what the U.S. men's national team needs to get past that shadow and then started making a run and being a serious contender for, you know, whatever whatever you know cups are in or whatever they do for the the World Cup. It, it's just it's good for them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's finally it's a nice um, time for the Americans to finally get trophy of your own. Um, and to hopefully build the nation. I think you've got such a big nation, you should really, you should be doing much better in terms of on the world stage of football. So hopefully this can finally be the kickstart that America can have uh, to hopefully go on and challenge for World Cups um, in the future and challenge for the uh, CONCAF more regularly um, and get many trophies with these young breed of players that you've got because you've got a good breed of young players coming through, and hopefully many more to come. Um, Marv, obviously you're currently in Mexico, inherited Mexican um, yeah. at the moment. Um, what was the reaction of your, on your side of the, the border?
1: Uh, I watched uh, the late stages of the game, thought it was quite interesting. Lots of uh, interesting actions in the game. Um, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, that missed penalty at the end was pretty, pretty poor. Um, yeah, US finally won. It's amazing now when one player moves to Chelsea, they just start winning things. Uh, they've played like two seasons and you've started to win. Before that, US were getting bent over every time. So, um, And I still think they will. They got quite lucky, I think, in the game. Uh, they cancelled out Mexico's second goal. A um, few other chances that got missed. And uh, I mean, yet I still, I mean, a lot of people saying it's a golden you know, generation of young players. I'm not seeing what other people are seeing. There are some good players. I like Rayner and obviously Pulisic and Dest is pretty OK. But they had better players than that in 2002. They had like Donovan and Beasley and McBride and Onyewu and all these kind of really good players that really could have played in big leagues, in my opinion. Some did. Um, so I think that there is a lot missing, if you look, there was one um, centre-back that was playing there called A. E. Costa. He just, I've never seen such a bigger bum in my life. Um, there are some awful players in this team and, and also a pretty clueless coach. Uh, I'm mean, glad that they managed to get a win. I was kind of neutral. I kind of probably was slightly leaning towards Mexico, hopefully winning, but um I think that um it's good that they've actually got something on the board to show for it, because you know what it's like when you don't get anything to show for it? You know, like Tottenham. Um, for your golden generation who win nothing, so it's good that they were actually able to win, and they played well. It's good that Pulisic was the the scorer because obviously he's the, he's the main guy, and I'm glad to see him win stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's nice for Christian Pulisic to win trophies. I think there, there there are. I do agree with you a bit. I do think there are obviously some weaknesses in the American team. But I think it's nice that at least a fair few of the team is now in Europe playing in the big leagues, and hopefully they can develop their career and. Then few players that are quite good can really take the team on and take it to where it hopefully should be. Um, whether there'll be more talent coming through, obviously, only Jesters and Corey can kind of keep us up to date properly on that. Um, but hopefully, there is talent that comes through. And it'd be really nice to see USA do well in a few competitions um, in the future. But we'll have to wait
1: Definitely. and see. Definitely. Um, I was always a fan of them when I was younger. Um, I, I really liked watching. I loved, I really loved Beasley and Donovan. I don't know. I just really levitated towards those players when I was younger. So yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll get another great team. Definitely. Um, and
0: staying with you, Marv, obviously next point to talk about is obviously uh, England kicked off their European championship campaign today with a nice little one nil win over Croatia. Um Obviously, Marv, I know you're not the biggest fan of international football, and definitely not the biggest fan of Southgate. But how do you think the England yeah. team did done today?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they got the win. Uh, when you look at that lineup, uh, very, very surprising. Seeing um, like certain players in there that I don't rate. Um, but I'm actually quite surprised they got a quite you know win against Croatia. Don't really, I mean, you know, statistically, didn't look like losing it. Um, more possession, probably more chances. Um so yeah, I'm actually generally quite impressed. The fact that a team with Tyrone Mings and Kieran Trippier and, and kind of players like that were able to win. I mean I was looking at the squad hoping for, you know, Chilwell, Reese, as you or maybe Ben White and Center back, but actually they did, did fairly well for the players that they got. Um, would like to see more of like Jude Bellingham and Jack Grealish, maybe. I'm playing some more against you. I think there's like some of the better players that we have in, in the squad, but yeah, can't complain. You can never complain about a win.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I think it was a few question marks of the lineup, to say the least. But actually, I do think some of them. I think when you look at the game at the end, probably you could you could say there were some some were justified a bit uh, to a point. I think Trippier was probably the biggest um, issue people had with the starting lineup. Um, I think he did. Sure,
1: though. I
0: think I think I I think he. Yeah, I think he did a he did a good job. I think the problem I had, I think he did a good job in, and did a, in what he was doing. But the only problem I had is whenever we needed someone just to put in a whip across in first time, obviously Trippier's is just right footed, so he he wasn't able to do that. And you'd get that from a chill or you'd get that from a short at least. So obviously we were lacking that part aspect of it. But he did do all right in the end. If, if anything, I actually thought Walker probably was he probably had the worst game out of everyone. So for me. If you put, if you're gonna play Kieran Trippier, I'd just stick him at right back. He Obviously, isn't too if, bad, if, if, though. Yeah, he's not a bad he's player, don't, bad. Know, But it's just I, don't, I was confused at why he played left back. But, yeah, no, that confused
2: I, me. That confused me too. I again, you you have Harry Kane, who's known to be a poacher, a finisher in the box, and from your left side, you can't you can't whip a left-footed cross in because you have a right-footed player there. And for Chilwell not to even be in the squad, I mean, Southgate, you're taking the piss, man. This guy just won a trophy with a defensive performance and an offensive performance. He's been playing brilliantly. I mean, what else do you have to do to get in the team? Really? I mean, do these play- these are some of these players have something on Southgate? I mean, do they got nudes on him or something? Because there is no reason... Why Walker and Trippier should have been the full-back pairing?
0: Yeah, I there, mean, there's
2: just there's just no reason for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean the, the the part the part that was worse for me is when they interviewed Southgate and told, asked him about it, and he went on to mention that he's kind he's frust- It's unfortunate that they have to put out twenty six man squads because he would prefer to have a twenty three man squad because he didn't he doesn't want players to tell players that they're going to miss a game or miss the tournament. So from that, I I got the idea that if it was a 23-man squad, like a World Cup, Sancho, Chilwell, and then you'd assume Ben White would not have made it to the World World Cup, wouldn't have made it in but, the squad.
2: But yeah, you're going to take two injured players in Maguire and Rashford. You know, both of them are, have been and injured. Henderson. And Henderson. And you're going to put two goalkeepers on the bench. Yeah, I think you, you always take two goalkeepers.
0: I think that is a normal thing, where you do take two goalkeepers. So I understand that. That's the rule. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of understand the two, the two on goalkeepers the on the bench.
3: Yeah, that's the rule, according to, um, I think how UEFA does for this competition, for the Euros, that they're required to have two goalkeepers, no matter what. Which is stupid, it, by the way.
2: It makes utter it makes no sense yeah. whatsoever.
3: Yeah, it doesn't.
2: Oh, when, when does anything make sense with UEFA? Good point. Fair. I mean they they made Denmark and Finland play last night, so
0: Yeah. Um yeah that that was very I was very surprised that that game's carried on. Um Corey, obviously you are a Brit at heart, so tell me, is it coming home? It's
3: coming home. Um I I I, I just wanted to point out I think one thing I, I think Southgate wanted to do also was if you if you paid attention to the game a little, like I was watching it, but I was also paying attention. I think he he kind of had inspiration, kind of from like what, a, what Pep does a little bit, because you can see there was there was points where Kyle Walker wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing like right back. Like when they were they were going more forward, and the ball came back to the center backs. He was playing almost in a three. Same thing for when Trippier was back. Like they were both playing equally in a, in a three center back, and it was so weird. So they weren't getting as wide because they already had Sterling and you had Mao they were getting wide, and, and obviously Foden, they were all getting wide, so it was kind of weird. It was like a strange like tactical setup he had. I think he was just coping with the fact that he was going to give and be like, if Rice and, and Phillips don't get the ball in the midfield, they're going to want to push up, and Kyle Walker's the fastest guy. He's probably the fastest guy in the whole pitch. So he was like, if they get forward, too forward, at least he knows that he can, he can catch back. But he had a, a, a shit game, so it doesn't even matter. So.
2: Yeah, it reminded me more of Ollie than Pep. I really yeah. did, yeah. Because they were playing protect the back two. Mm-hmm. Because let let's get it straight. If you play a, a top five team in the world with a pairing of Mings and Stones, you're you're not gonna do very well.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I think I I also think that um, it was mainly cover for Stones. There was a point where Stones got caught out, and he was he's slow. Like I didn't realize how slow he is. He was slow. So I think that's also why he was playing. He played right. Well, I think why he played right back is because he was covering for why Stones, because Stones isn't can't catch up with the pace. I think that's exactly why he played, which is a shame because he, like I said, he had a terrible, terrible game. That one pass to trying to play that crossfield ball and it literally just hit one of the Croatian players. I was like, what was the point? I don't know. I don't. That's just my opinion though. Yeah, I think
0: that everyone kind of knows that it's not. it doesn't take a genius to know that um, English, England's defence specifically the centre back pairing is not exactly the best I think what I did like was um, the fact that Rice and Phillips seemed to be a very good combination um, together um, particularly Phillips who was my man in the match on the day um, and I think that, that could be hopefully a pairing that we don't, means we do not see Henderson for much of the competition because I think it's for the first time that I've seen a defense, a defense and midfield pair for England actually work. Um, what do you guys think?
2: I think it I think worked. It worked. It, go ahead. No, you, go go, ahead. Jared. No, you I go. think it worked, but it was just unnecessary. Um, to play too deep, again, if, if you're going to play a midfield that two of them are dedicated to covering the center backs, I mean, that's Man United's tactics. You know, they, have, they, they don't trust their center backs, so you're going to play two defensive midfielders in front of them. I just think that, you know, you, you're there to score goals because that's how you win the game. That's how you're going to obviously win the tournament, right? You're not there to play f- not to lose. And for me, that type of formation is, is, is not to lose. You could have played... Rice or Phillips with a Bellingham who's very is very good defensively but can carry the ball forward more. You could have played Rice with Um, Grealish and Mount playing the eights that and then make you know make Croatia defend more than they had to because still I thought that the Croatian midfielder was midfield was better. Uh, bar the one run that uh Phillips made I just didn't you know it was it was like I think both it almost looked like both coaches were playing not to lose for playing for a point, and i can't I can't stand that for me you go out there to win the game, and if you're not out there to win the game, what are you even doing so i i I don't the double pivot there didn't make any sense uh because you could have. You could have forced Croatia's hand if you had two attack, two more attacking-minded uh, midfielders on the on the field. Because then you're asking Kovačić and, and Brozović really to sit back more, because they they're going to have to take either Grealish or Mount on, or if Bellingham's bringing the ball forward, they have to watch for Bellingham. But with two sitting mids, you know. You don't really have to do that. Let the license for Brozovic and uh, Kovacic to get forward even more. So I I just thought it was, you know, it worked out. So you you know, everybody's saying, "Well, it worked out. Well, that's great." Do that against Italy, do it against Germany, Portugal, France, uh, and see how that turns out for you. If you're going to sit back and soak up pressure and think that, you know, playing a back three or a back four is going to win you. Something with two with two DMs sitting in front of them, you know, at this level, somebody's going to score on you, whether it's by fluke or what, and then you have to change your whole entire game plan. So why not come out on the front foot and make the other team change their game plan? That's just. I'm sorry, I'm not English, but I just didn't. I didn't uh, think that was a uh, that was very good tactics. So
0: yeah, I foot. mean, I, I'm. For me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be po- positive about it and hope that this is something that Southgate is using until Maguire gets back fit and into the team. Um, because you, it's still not strong, but you'd argue a uh, maguire Stones pairing is probably a more solid pairing than Ming. I think Ming's Ming's looked uncomfortable in both the warm-up games, so I think. Maybe it's more of a protection for both of them together, but we'll have to see later into the competition. I think. Berlin, I love, I love the kid. I'd, I'd, I'd love for him to play. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, just before we move on to the main topic of the pod, um, Jester, who's your man of match?
2: Yeah, I would have had, I would have given it to Phillips. Definitely not Sterling. Um, I know he had to finish, but. I don't know. There's just something about watching him play. It's just like, really? It frustrates you, don't it? Well, it's, you know, every five minutes he's on the ground looking up at the referee to, to call something. It's like, get up and play. You know, you're, it, he, he's not there to be, you know, your, your blankie to cover up for when you're not physical enough. I he, he had a chance for a brace, too, wide open shot in the box, and he just, he pinged it, what? send it halfway back to Manchester. So I just think that you have better options in those positions. You have Foden, you have Grealish, you have Sancho. You know, I just think there's better options to be playing. And um, at some point, you're going to have to move on for those who have been there and have not brought, brought the trophy home because... At, what, at point, what point in time do you, do you say, okay, this generation is kind of getting past it. Let's bring the new generation in because, you know, we've got what, another year, two years, year and a half till uh, the World Cup opens. Don't you want these young players to get that experience? Because they're going to be the ones that are coming up hungry in their prime. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree completely with that. Um, Corey, I know you said, I think you said and I remember you saying in the chat that you thought Phillips is not in the match as well, but do you want to say your,
3: yours and why? Yeah, uh, mine is obviously Calvin Phillips. I don't think anyone, I think everyone did their job. I thought Harry Kane was kind of lackluster, personally. Um, there was a couple of times he, kept, he picked up the ball like towards midfield and he kind of ran with it a little bit and then like turned it over. I just kind of I don't know. I don't know if it was just because of the, how the setup was, you know. Even like the, as soon as the game started, I think it was Stones had a lo- pinged a long ball to to Sterling. I'm like, he's five foot six. He's not gonna win the header. So what was the point, you know? So I think he was. He's clearly. I think he was the best player on the pitch. I think he's just the one who who outshined. I think Rice obviously helped him shine a little more. He was able to make more runs. I think. I don't. You know I don't really remember him doing that for Leeds personally. I, I don't really remember that too much, but um sterling underwhelming even though he scored a goal Foden actually I didn't I didn't mind Foden too much um I think that left foot that left foot swinger he had and hit the post I think he was unlucky I thought that was a, a brilliant strike and, and yeah I think he's just I think he's the best one didn't like Pickford too much I don't really like Pickford at all anyways I think there's better goalkeepers. no 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 one does yeah I don't yeah I know I actually liked him and uh, I think it was the World Cup I actually was like wow he's He's pretty good, and then... Uh, he, to be, like that to be fair he... to
0: him, though, he, he he's always really crap for Everton and club, but when it does come to England, he does step up a little bit, and he does... Yeah. he, he do, he's, he's never... I don't think he's ever had a massive hiccup yeah. with England. It's I mean, always outside uh, of England where he
3: gets his reputation. I want I want to say he saved the penalty in the in the in the World Cup, am I correct? Like it was a it was a pretty I don't know, I I vaguely remember. Yes, I think, I think he it was did. a penalty save and I was like, "Woof. What stones on that guy?" Um but yeah, I think the setup was, I think it was I think it was a safe setup. I think Southgate went for safe rather than than rather than being more bold because I think he was hoping that if we can squeak out a result through Croatia, he was like we can, you know, the rest of the the group stage we can to tinker with some things you know probably i assume we'll see reese james and luke shaw and then and the bench will all get starts same thing with Grealish, sancho and, and the rest of the crew um i like jude bellingham i, I didn't really watch him i didn't watch obviously Borussia dortmund too much so i didn't know much about him i just knew he was young and it was a big move from him from his former club to to Bruce dortmund so seeing him on the pitch uh threw in some tackles immediately when he's on the pitch so shout out to that guy i didn't know he was a center midfielder so new for me but i saw that you when you texted us in a group chat that you said chelsea should just buy him up and i was like i'm down for it already he's he's big he's a big kid yeah i know marv rates him as well so uh
1: yeah i definitely i definitely definitely rate bellingham i think he's uh, got a lot in front of him and i think he's yeah, he's definitely a good player. I wanted him to go to the Euros. I definitely think he's he's good enough. I'd even start him in the game. So I'd probably go with him and Rice. I mean, that Phillips guy did definitely play well, but I would definitely play uh, Bellingham.
3: Yeah, the fact that he's 17 as well—it's just yeah, mad. Youngest player in the in the Euros to ever to ever play. I think that was what they said on the on ESPN at least this morning that they said he's the youngest player to ever have either started or come off the bench ever in the Euros.
0: Yeah,
1: I remember, so, I think Walcott was younger for the World Cup. But I he think didn't Euro's play. Right. Did he not play in the he World Cup? Oh, I'm pretty, I think they took him. Um, I remember Sven saying he was excited about him, and I don't think he even played a single match. Ah, oh, fair enough. I mean, that, that, doesn't, that does not surprise me from Sven Goran Eriksson at all.
0: <laughs> but, um, Marv, before we move on from the England match, um, first of all, man a match, and I'll ask you the same question as Corey. Is it coming home? Um,
1: Tyrone Mings, and yes, no, um, I think that um, if you're having to pick someone, uh, Mount, uh, no, hard really, none of them really stood out, apart from that Phillips guy, um, probably was slightly better player, good passing range, quite a decent player, um, yeah, probably him, and I think there's there's a chance for it to come home, but they've really got to, got to do something with the lineup and stop giving kind of charity minutes to bums like Rashford, he will cost us. And, and he did in the last one in the World Cup. Every time he got subbed on, he literally just ran into tackles or, or wasted things. And, and nothing will change. This player will never change. We'd be much better off just sticking up, throwing Jack Grealish, putting Jack Grealish in because he can create a good chance. Kane can score a goal, but Sterling's still a bit useful there. They should definitely focus on what they're... So I, There doesn't seem to be a set plan, so there's definitely got to be a bit of luck. Keep playing against bomb teams, and we should be OK. We should have a chance.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, me... I'm I'm kind of like you. I hope it comes home. Um, there's a chance, but I think at the end, there's uh, if we get France at any point, I think it's I think it I think no one's beating France personally unless France mess it up for themselves like they did in 2016. Um, but we'll have we'll have to wait and see. We've got a few weeks of beautiful football every single day, so we'll have to wait and see for that. Um, Move it on to now the main um, topic of the pod is. This year's season's player ratings for Chelsea, obviously, we're a bit behind compared to everyone else, uh, due to commitment issues from me and kind of getting over the Champions League. I think now we're out of that whole positivity of the Champions League. Everyone's a ten out of ten and we could probably make this a bit more fairly judged throughout the whole season. Um obviously I won't include Caballero and Andrew just because they haven't really played enough any minutes at all. Um but we'll go through Every single player of the squad, I'll ask each of you player rating and a short reason why. Um with five being the average rating and then so and so, good or bad after that. Um and we'll start basically straight away with number one goalkeeper, Edward Mendy.
1: Marv, how would you rate uh, Mendy's 10. season and why? Ten. Um because we won the Champions League. And uh <laughs> Are you going to say ten for everyone? Yes, that's exactly what I was planning to do. Um, But Mendy, for me, was actually potentially the player of the season. I mean, we we conceded, what, like four goals? It's a record in Champions League. Um, Key saves, only one game or two games where I felt like he did absolutely nothing, and that was during the last game to Lampard. Um, Absolutely amazing throughout. We lost the FA Cup because he didn't play, because we played a bum in his position. Um an absolutely wonderful signing. Great price, great value, uh, complete ten.
0: Interesting. I I wonder whether you, everyone's gonna get a ten for you miles or is it gonna be Maybe. just players? Interesting, we'll see. Um Corey, what was your rating of Mendy over the whole season?
3: And why you know, I was gonna do this I was the same thing Marlowe was. I was about to give everybody a ten. I mean you win the Champions League it, it, it almost it's almost a ten for everybody. I don't care who it is almost
1: oh
0: uh, this is going to be a very short episode if Everyone said 10. Uh,
3: if you want a realistic um I think I would give him an 8. I am uh, on par sentiment with Marv I think. It, he could have he could easily win player this season. I think what he's done keeping us obviously with clean sheets but I think it's almost a comfortability thing that like you know he's back. Like, when we had Kepa the year before, it was kind of like, mm, you know, any game this man let in a goal. But with Mendy, it feels like he he makes those those top-in shots or those comfortable saves a little bit more comfortable. It comes out from his goalkeeper, like his box, and he can catch a save. He can catch it. And I just feel more comfortable when he's there. So I'm going to give him an 8.
0: Fair enough. Um, Jester's, what's your rating of Mendy and why?
2: I guess I'm going to be the Russian judge. You know, they're known for giving low scores, but I, I, I I think Mendy was, is an eight. Um, and that'll be, I don't see any player going over an eight. So that's going to be my top tier. Uh, and there, there might be multiple people with eights, but nobody's getting higher, uh, because we just scraped getting into the league, uh, fourth in the league. And, uh, we had a chance to win the FA Cup, didn't? We went out early in the Carabao Cup, um, and didn't progress points wise very, very far over what I think it was one point over last year's. So uh, it would be a lot, you know. I, I th- actually, you know, the saving grace is we did win Champions League, but that's not a league score per se. Um, that's tournament score. So if I was going to give my Champions League score, everybody would get 10s. But for my league scores, I, I Mindy has to get an 8.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I'm happy that you're not going to give everyone 10s. Um, it would be nice to have a little bit of a different view. Um, for me, I'm going to go in between Marv and then Corey and Jess. I am going to say a 9. Uh, again, I think 9 will be my height. I know what, for me, no one gets a 10. Um I know we won the Champions League, but over the long season, I think there was too many issues with the uh, team overall. So I think Mendy was probably one of the best players, was my, was in second for me in terms of getting player of the season. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong in many matches. I think probably if you could pick games out, probably the Leeds match, you made that mistake, um, but it didn't cost us anything. Apart from that, he had probably, as Marv said, a few average games um, under the end of Lampard, but again, so did everyone. I don't think he was massively bad um, in any match. Um, and he's for, for the price he paid, he was a joy to watch, and hopefully we can have um, many good years of him either being number one or if we bring another goalkeeper in and he gets number one, Mendy can be a good number two for us. Um, now moving on to second-choice goalkeeper, Mr. knee slide in the Champions League final. Uh, Kepa Rizvilaga. Marv, what are you giving out of 10? And please don't tell uh, me you're going to give him a 10.
1: No, because I think he cost us the cup final. Um, but he did do okay in the times when he did play. The beginning of the season was calamity and cost us a win against Southampton. Um, some absolute calamitous performances. But he did do well in the small games that he was kind of called upon. In some of the runs, and when we actually needed to use a keeper, he was okay. And we again, we won the Champions League, so I'm going to give him a six based on the fact he didn't get that many games. He did still cost. He's still not good enough. Nowhere near the right level. But he didn't. He, he did okay in spots. He wasn't terrible like last season. So I'm going to go over six. Fair enough, um, Clory. What are you going to give Kepa on why?
3: I'm going to give him a five. Um and why I mean obviously the grace of winning a Champions League I think for everybody that I think probably we all pick is that the Champions League redeems and forgives up almost everything um but I think there there's still like those risks and those mistakes that he has I I don't know what it is but um I just don't trust him um I don't trust when he starts I don't. Um I don't trust when he's in the box. I don't I actually don't even trust him on the bench. I feel like he would just let something go right in, if he was on the bench. Um so I'm just going to give him a five just bang average.
0: And just as, how are you going to rate Kepa?
2: Well, I was going to go 6 at first, but after that, I'm going to think I, I'm going to go right in, in in the middle and go 5.5. 5. Um I don't think he's a starter in the premier league. I think his level is below that. Um, You know, he, I don't blame him for the, the FA cup loss. I know everybody thinks that Mindy would have saved that. I just, it's just very hard to say that I, I, I can't say, well, in hindsight, maybe that would have happened. I, I don't I don't function that way so I just think that um you know he improved when Tuchel came in so there's almost a Tuchel score and a, and a and a lampard score uh if you can t- if you can limit the shots he gets on 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 goal and where those shots come from he's decent but if he has to face a lot of the shots and uh the closer range shots or any you know any type of uh, thing that happened during Lampard's reign, he, you know, you can see his fragility. So five point five.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I will actually agree completely with Jester's. Uh, I do think five point five. I think uh, it would be higher. I do I, I do portion some blame to him in the FA Cup final, but I'd argue there are also other players that were bigger blame for the goal. Even getting to that point um, before the save, um, and he did credit to him as, when he, as she said when he when Tuchel came in, he did put some good performance in. I think he played like five or six matches, and all of them were clean sheets. So it's it, it is to see Kefa get clean sheets is a big surprise for us. So that in in his own level of performance, that is not too bad for Kefa. So I, I would say a tinsy bit, a tincy bit above average probably is. Just about right. Didn't play too many games. So couldn't get a rhythm. So yeah, I think five point five for me is what I'd give Cabra. I think that's a good rating. But I understand everyone else's ratings. Um, their reasons behind it. Um, obviously we said we're not going to rate Cavalero because, did he did he make an appearance this season at all? Ten.
2: No. No, he didn't. Nah.
0: Yeah, I thought so. So, obviously, um, to go on to that, um, obviously Cavalero has. Uh, been released from the club. Um, just uh, just to say that before we move on, uh, credit to the player. Thank you for coming to the club. Uh, done some quite, a, It has done some memorable moments as a second or third choice goalkeeper. Um, and a pleasure to be around the dressing room. And we can say probably he was more of a legend here than he was at Man City because he won a European Cup with us. So um, just to mug off the Man City fans a bit uh, with that. Um, but moving on swiftly to... The left-backs, we'll start with a player that was criticised heavily before he even wore a uh, Chelsea shirt uh, by some. Um, ben Chilwell, um, start with Marv. What would you rate Ben Chilwell's uh,
1: season? Um, I'm giving him an eight because he was key in us winning, uh, especially that goal against Porto. Um, he actually scored a completely fair goal in the cup final as well. And he was a player, I think he had the worst individual performance of the season as well. I think when um, we played Everton and we lost, I think it was the Everton game, he was absolutely nowhere, didn't run back, Lost left huge space in behind which they scored from. And at that point, I thought we, we might have made a mistake by signing him here. Tuchel comes in, changes the system, wasn't in the team for the first few weeks. I think, he the perfect example of someone that worked his way in a team without complaining, without whining about it to the press or demanding things, put the heavy effort in, and then become a starter again, and then was one of our absolute best players. So amazing by him, really, and I would say eight.
0: Not nice racing indeed. Um,
3: Corey, how how would you rate Chilwell? Uh, I'm going to go with a Um I think I agree with everything Marv had said. Um I think he I think he was labeled also as like the Lampard signing, you know, next to you know everybody else and being like Mason Mount's best friend and you know, all the the critiques you get for for being friends with Mason Mount clearly. Um, he he does a lot of things well. and obviously, I think everybody makes mistakes, but I think, like Marv said, he was benched and Alonzo started obviously being the better wing back. Um, And I think he sat on the bench. He understood, hey, I got to work my tail off to prove not only to my coach, to myself and to the fans that I'm deserving to be in the starting 11. And he did that and he proved everybody wrong, shut all the haters up and then helped us win a European Cup. So 8.5. And just as
0: I'm... Uh, if, if I'm going to predict your rates, I'm guessing it's going to be lower than both Marv
2: and Corey's rating. You would be correct. He would be a 7 for me. Um, came on strong at the end of the season when we needed him. but uh, And started off pretty good as well. But the middle part of the season was not where I could give an 8 for. Um, he had some, some pretty awful games. He had some very good games. Um. And so, for me, he's a 7. Again, I, I throw the tournament of the Champions League out because, for me, the season rating, I think, for, for me, that, that's based on the Premier League and the, and the trophies around the Premier League. Uh, so, for me, he's a 7, which is still a high score. I mean, that's too above average. Um, but I, I, I hope that to see... The end of the year chill well all next year.
0: Yeah, indeed. I think for me I changed my rating about two or three times after you all spoke. Um, I'm going to squeeze in between you all and put a seven point five. I think I agree with Jesters that I had a really good start to the season. I mean he scored I think two or three goals within this first start of the season. I think it's two what two goals and assist, I'm not sure. Specifically, but he did really well um, and he looked to be the, the big new centre-back and we were going to be absolutely fantastic and then obviously the Lampard period came where everyone, every I think everyone dropped, I think Chilwell was one of them that was highlighted more than others, um, but I think everyone dropped which at some point I look and go I'm, I'm going to put some blame but not a big emphasis in it because I think it was a thing where everyone dropped um, but then he did as you said, Marv said, come out of the team and had to fight for his place and I think he did, he fought for it well and he's come back and he's come back stronger and I think uh, let's hope that this is something he can build on and not be England's third choice left back but hopefully strive to be England's first choice left back in the future Um, so I'll give him a 7.5 and hopefully he'll be able to improve that rating next year Um, Now moving on to Marcus Alonso Uh, He's the probably the one of the Marmite players within the Chelsea fan base. You either love him or you hate him. Um, Marv, what rating are you giving uh, to Alonso this season?
1: A clear seven because, um, again, he's a player for key moments. Um, no top four without that goal against City. Then there might be a bit more pressure in that final. Uh, whenever he was called upon, he did quite well. He scored some goals, as he always does. I, I think he's... I actually think he's quite underrated as a player, and I think he's had a great career here for the price we spent on him. So I'm going for a seven. Um, very good, able squad player. Very useful offensively. Good in this system. Yeah, good player.
3: Um, Corey, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with a six, I think. Uh, like Marv, I'm going to echo what Marv's also said, that he is one of those players, like when you, he is called, he, he does deliver. Um, what his job is. Obviously, much. I, I think everybody knows he's much better as a wingback than he is a fullback. Um, but, man, he really does make his moments count when he plays. I mean, he's willing to score a goal. He's got a wonderful left foot. Um, so I think I, I'm just going to go uh, a six here because I probably would have just given him a five. But, you know, with the Champions League, everybody gets an extra point. So. And Jester's,
0: what do you think of Alonso's season?
2: Well, I, I think he gets a zero for the first half before Tuchel because, you know, if we're forgetting the West Brom game, um, which was the last time we saw him under Frank, I, I believe, is that, is that not correct? Yeah, I think he even started playing Emerson above him at that point. Yeah, so, um, Man. So if I think he was a 7 under Tuchel and a 0 under Frank, I'll give him an average rating of 5.
0: Fair enough. For the, I mean, for
2: the entire season.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, this is going to be where property emotions take over this rating. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him one of the lowest ratings of the season and give him a 4. Um, For me... That does hang massively on the moment at West Brom. I think people have a lot of moan at Kepa uh, for what he did in the final, Um, which obviously I know the West Brom game isn't as big of an occasion as that, but the way he reacted under Lampard and he did that, it's unforgivable. And it's not what I want for a player here. And that's why I couldn't care less of how good he is, how many goals he scores. He doesn't have a. He, it, it is the beginning of the end for him. For me, I would. I would sell Emerson this summer. Um, I'd probably keep Alonso just because it's hard to sell two left backs, and we're going to be spending enough on certain strikers. Um, so I don't think we have the time to get a, a backup left back. But I think eventually, eventually next season Alonso has to go. Um, and I, I don't think he should be a big part of the season. I think. Chilwell should take the majority reign, and if we do get Hakimi in, maybe Hakimi could play on the left side because I know he can. Because I, I just he the only the only the only highlight of Alonso's season is that Man City goal. But for me, if I look at the moment at uh, uh, West Brom, I look at the moment at Man City. I know that Man City thing made a difference between top four, but I just can't. I can't. I can't. It takes it will takes a lot for me to forgive Alonso for what he did. Um, So, my my rating's going to be very low at a four. Um, And we'll leave it at that for Alonso. Um, Emerson, next player on the list. Obviously, he didn't play a lot. But Marv, uh,
1: give me your rating for him and why. Three, um, not good enough for the club. Whenever he plays, I'm pretty disappointed. Uh, Hit and miss, can't defend, gets done on the inside every time he ever plays. Um, lovely that he got on against Atletico with his first touch and scored. That'll be the legacy that he leaves at the club, which is you know not too bad for the price we paid. But uh, sell as soon as possible, not even as a squad player, not at the required level, in my opinion. And Corey, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give him a. Th- I'm actually going to give him a three. Um, the only redeeming quality I think he had all year was that one goal in the Champions League, and that is the only thing I can remember off the top of my head. So a three.
0: Uh, Just do you agree with Marvin, Corey.
2: I have to give him an incomplete. I don't think he played enough to score him. I, I don't even remember him playing, except besides the Madrid game.
0: Uh, I think you had him in the to- you had him in the Tottenham game where he made the mistake to make it one one and then we lost to them. The Power Cup. Yeah. Uh, he did play in the. Against Krasnodar, played a couple of Champions League group games, but apart but from
2: n- that. But nothing in the Premier League?
0: No, nothing in the Premier League.
2: So for me, he just, there's not enough body of work. I do agree that he's not good enough for Chelsea. Um, so I, I can't say anything different than, than a three or a four. But for me, he's just not enough sample size to actually score him on the season. So that's why I go incomplete or not applicable cuz didn't play enough to to register a score.
0: Yeah, I mean I do I I I did consider whether to put Emerson in um for this rating. For me, I just because he did play a handful of games, I I did put him in. Um but I understand your point of he didn't get too much games. I think for me, I, I I'm not gonna give him a three. I'm, I think that's a little bit harsh and I don't think he did apart from the Tottenham game, there's I I didn't there's nothing he really did massively wrong. Um But it, it's just one of them things. So I'm gonna give him a four like Alonso, um with his highlight of his season being the match against um Atletico Madrid where he scored the goal, obviously. One it was one nil at one 0 at the time. We were still there. Was still some um, some worry that we'd uh, concede and go into a whole load of Chelsea cl- cl- uh, collapse. Um, so yeah, it's one of them things. Um, so yeah, I'd give him a f- uh, four. I mean, I'm just looking at the amount of games he played. He made two appearances in the Premier League six appearances in the Champions League and five in the FA Cup and two in the Carabao Cup. So that's, what, 11-15 all season. So I suppose it is kind of enough overall competitions, but I do agree how played two Premier League games, so it's kind of hard to judge him a little bit and um, understand your uh, rate of gestures. Um, moving on from the left-backs, finally. Um, we've got three left-backs to do. Sounds like Southgate squad. Um, the amount of full-backs we've got. Um, new signing,
1: Tiago Silva.
0: Marv, tell me about Thiago Silva's rating.
1: Um, I'm kind of probably about an eight because of not exactly what he brought to the pitch. Because actually, I mean, he probably made more mistakes than the other centre-backs. But um, what he brought to the pitch and off the pitch as well at the same time was obviously very helpful because we lacked in experience, we lacked in leadership. And I think when he... Came to the club. That's you know we have had an upturn, and I think he played a huge part in his range of passing, which was fantastic. Um, general ideas, fantastic. Great, great tackling. Was really good in in key games. Um. So yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Um. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was great and well deserving of, of an eight score. I would say.
0: Yeah. So, sorry, to disturb everyone right now. I've just seen that Leverlands have scored. What a shame.
3: I was hoping uh, I
0: was hoping Ukraine would get.
3: Get the result. And they'll do
0: it they'll do it okay, but they've just conceded now, so it's unfortunate. Um Corey, what would you rate Silva and why?
3: Um I'm gonna give him an eight. I think uh unfortunately some injuries and in his age have showed um but like Marv said I'm, he what he's brought to the table uh with his experience, his um his state of mind you know, those things are almost unrateable. You know, those things are so appreciated to the likes of, like, younger players like Christensen. You can obviously see, like, a lot with Brees James. You saw during the Champions League, after the Champions League final, he was hugging them and taking pictures. And, you know, you can tell, like, those guys, the younger guys, they obviously appreciate someone who has, who's been at the top, top, top of, of football. And I think having him in, at the club, kind of like what JT did at the end of his tenure, it just... It raises the level, and it helps those guys get better. And that's what we want at the club. So I'm going to give him an 8. Um, Jester,
0: how how would you write Thiago Silva's season at the club?
2: Yeah, I would give him an 8 as well. Um, because, again, he, he brought solidity to that back line. Um, he's just class when you see him play. And it's un- unfortunate we didn't get him a couple of years ago when he still had more. Uh, but, you know, of course, his fragility is showing at that age. Uh, as as the oldest person here, I can tell you things don't get easier when you get older. Uh, so uh, for me, he's an eight, uh, probably for a different reason than Mindy. Uh, because I think that with, with him starting to play, the whole demeanor of the center backs changed. Uh, so, for me, he's he's leader. He's the leader of that group, and uh, for me, he should be captain next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm gonna agree with most of you and put given an eight. Um, I think it should he have not got injured in that March period where he was out for about five six weeks, and it was quite a fairly Im- cr- crucial point of the season where we were maybe dropping a little bit in results. Um, he probably would be up for a be given a nine. I mean, he's been near on perfect, apart from... Play- it seems West Brom is the kryptonite of Thiago Silva, apparently, because, obviously, that was where he made his two biggest mistakes. Obviously, he got sent off in the second game. Um, first game, had that slip, which... If I'm honest, it was it was one of them things I remember. Kovacic shouldn't have passed it to him in the first place, but and then it was just one of them things that can happen to anyone. I don't think he didn't mean it. It was just an unfortunate situation for him to be in. But apart from that, he's been fantastic. He does bring that leadership in the defence, um, and I agree. We sh- imagine imagine if we got him in his prime. Um, honestly, I think John Terry will always be the GOAT in terms of defenders, but I think Thiago Silva would have gave him a run for his money. Um, because he, he is... I think John Terry is the best defender in terms of positioning, intelligence, but I think you look at a technically gifted centre-back, Thiago Silva's one of the best on the planet, um, arguably ever. Um, and it's it's a pleasure to have him at the club, and hopefully next season he can um be as good as he can for as much because I, I do predict that he will fall off towards the end of the season a little bit, it's one of them things just as rightly pointed out when you're at that age it does suddenly fall off and then it, you can't get back so um, we'll have to wait and see and if it does happen we'll have to be supportive of it, we'll have to understand that it may happen and if that time comes then the other centre-backs are just going to have to step in and do their best Um but we'll have to wait and see next season how it goes. And hopefully, he can stay good for another season and we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, eight, eight would be a good rating for me. And um, long may the silver rain continue. Um, Marv, we're going to go on to one of your favourite players in the world, Antonio Rudiger. Give oh, me your flat rating. Ten.
1: Absolute <laughs> 10. Um, player of the season. Idiots wanted him to be sold, said he had no future at the club. That just shows that fans don't know fucking shit. Um, it's, it, was, it was always a good play. I always had it all. But this time, he's been... I mean, actually, he was even better than I expected. I always rated him as, like, the maybe the second or third best centre-back in the league when Van Dijk was number one. And I thought Rudiger was up there in the top two. I think Laporte was pretty pretty good. Um, but actually, this season, you know, across Europe, he's been the best. Whenever he's played, he's been awesome. He made that one mistake with the own goal. Fine. That can happen. Uh, it wasn't just his mistake either. And um, just been awesome. Absolute colossus. That sliding tackle against Foden. That was a certain goal. Um, the guy actually won us the Champions League. I, I said he should have been a captain about two years ago. Doesn't bother me now, but an absolute wonderful player. And good to see him finally get the credit that he deserves. Um, definitely a 10. And I, they say, people are saying, yeah, you don't play it in half a season. I don't give a shit. That The half a season that matters is what, where the ending is. It's pointless, playing. that's why I always kind of complained about the Abraham thing. You you can play well half a season; it doesn't mean anything. You've got to close it out. You end up playing well the first half, and then don't turn up toward the semi-finals and finals. That matters as matters. How many people want to say it? That matters. And yeah, for me, a complete ten. He turned up when it really counted. He was there, and we won the Champions League off his back. So yeah, ten, absolute ten.
0: Yeah, Corey, um, what, what what rating would you give?
3: um rudiger um i if it was me if i was joking around i would give him a 10 obviously too but me being realistic he's gonna get a nine i think marv is right i was one of those people i think last year who said that i thought rudiger wasn't good enough and he should be sold i ate my words like a true man and um he has really turned it around when Tuku came in and he has shown his value. I I actually think if Silva is is not healthy or isn't playing, that Rudiger actually should be captain. I think he he has the grit, he has the stones and he's the type of guy that, you know, when he's out there, you know, don't mess with the dude. He will he's going to fuck you up. Like he clearly looks like the type of guy who's going to fuck you up. Um he he's been other, I guess Bar Mason Mount, he's been, since Tuchel came in, he's been the most consistent player. Um, no mistakes, really. Um, he, he's he been so good in the air, passing the ball, doing everything. The the Phil Foden block shot at the Champions League, he has really carried his weight in the defense, and he is easily a starter, automatic starter, on the sheet, no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do... Understand,
0: um, Jesters. Are you going to give us higher rating as everyone else for Rudiger?
2: Um. Again, if you had to rate the end of the season, if you had to rate uh, pre-Tuchel, wouldn't have been very good because he didn't get very much play time under Frank because Frank didn't uh, rate him. Um. If you do it post-Tuchel, very very good. I'm going to say seven point five uh just because again eight's my high rating, and I just think because of the lack of playing time in half of the season, I can't give him a silver rating again, the back three is where he's the best uh I think he's a better back three defender than a back two defender because of just because again that's what the reason we signed him we were playing a back three when we signed him. And he plays it a be- better as a because he's allowed to get forward and do, uh, you know, challenge up higher up the pitch and make runs higher up the pitch. Um, so uh, seven and a half, and that's not because to me he's the second. He was the second best uh, center back on the team. Um, there's only one other person center back. I'll give a 7.5 seven point five two. So. Uh, or may I might do two two more seven point fives for the centre back. So we'll just see.
0: Fair enough. Um, Mark, uh, no, sorry. Yes, yeah, F F1, everyone's done. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I would give. I'm gonna give an eight, like silver. So I think. Um, I don't think even under. I think under Lampard, he just didn't play. I think that was the main problem. Um, more than anything. I I, I think when he, there was a few rare occasions he did play and he he played okay. Nothing spectacular, but he played okay. And then under Tuchel, he was arguably probably the best player in the second half of the season. Um, So I'm going to give an eight. And I think if he plays like he did this season, next season, I think he'll be in running for player of the season most definitely. Um, And I think Marv's uh, praise for Rudiger, almost AR hive, um yeah he he shut off a load of people but he's not he's not going to come out all uh rosy from this because we're going to move on to andreas christensen who rudiger probably said uh, rudiger uh, who marv probably said exactly the same things about last season like most and has possibly possibly been silenced um marv what are you going to rate christensen
1: sorry i've been silent um um... (laughs) Yeah, no, he was, uh, well, what a what a turnaround. A player I I openly put up a picture, half and half, with him in a traffic cone and said, which one is better? Um, I've definitely not believed in the player, almost. I thought he was good when he went on his first loan. When he come back and after he, it wasn't his mistake at the Barcelona game with Conte, but after that, he was just horrendous. No, I thought we should have sold him ages ago. And uh, then he comes out, Tuchel comes in, and he plays like the best defender in the world. I have no idea how, where it came from how it happened, but, well, as I say, I'm always, uh, which I'm glad he is, and I think he's been amazing, he's got to stay in the team, got to get a new contract and and be playing almost every match, Uh, absolutely amazing, great passing range, interceptions were phenomenal, Uh, played a big role in the final after coming off the bench as well, after not playing some games, so even more uh, credit deserved there, yeah, he's been fantastic.
0: Perfect. Um, it's nice to see you be like the Rudiger haters. You've been a little bit humbled by Christensen. And it's it's a good yeah, season definitely. that a lot of people have been humbled this season as Chelsea fans. And it has yeah. really shown us that maybe we just have to not give up on players so easily um, yeah, under certain matches. Um, Corey, tell me about Christensen
3: and his rating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I think I was also one of those people who wrote him off as well. Cause I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> <boring> <laughs> I just think, stupid, <laughs> I just think, um, he has, uh, his role. I think he's still young, he's still learning and he's still maturing as a player. I think obviously someone like Thiago Silva will help him even more. I think obviously having the locker room with, uh, Antonio Rudiger will also help him. I think he needs to grab, I think he should learn more from Rudiger. I think he le- needs to get more of, a, of an aggressive side. I think, um, I think if he finds an aggressive son and you know really grows as as a you know from being a man into more of a mature man, I think he would he would benefit. I think maybe also putting on some weight because he looks very thin. Um, but I think he surprised a lot of us. Um, I wasn't expecting him to be this good, um, especially since Tuchel came in. I didn't know how he would fare, and he's played well. I think um, I think he benefits. I think if he plays, if he's healthy. Um, I think he probably starts all next year, depending on I, I, depending on what system Tuchel goes with. So,
2: yeah,
0: and just as
2: finally, how'd you rate Christensen? Yeah, again, tell of two halves, right? Pre pre uh, Tuchel and post Tuchel. when when Tuchel came in, when he was called on, when Tiago went down, was absolutely we we didn't miss Tiago. Christensen was that good. Uh, of course, we had the old AC penitentiary going on. Uh, but it's hard because the first half of the season was not very good. Uh, we do remember the red card against Liverpool. Um, so for that, I'm going to say a 7.
0: Yeah, I mean, just as kind of hit the nail on the head. For me, I would also go over 7 for me, the, the difference was between Rudiger and Christensen was Rudiger was OK, but just didn't play a lot under Lampard, whereas Christensen was poor under Lampard's spell a little bit. So that's the only reason why I drop him a little bit lower. But as I said, with Rudiger, he was one of the best players in the Tuchel season. And like Marv, I wrote off Christensen. I still have... Slight concerns of whether he can do it in a back four, like Corey said with his physicality. But um, I'm interested to see how it goes. And if it does work, we've got a good young centre-back in our hands um, to have in the future. Moving on to the last of the centre-backs, Kurt Zouma. Marv,
1: how are you going to rate Kurt Zouma this season? Um, I'm going to go over four. Um, he's pretty OK as a sub-player. Um, played okay in some games when he was called upon, but again, not good enough for the club, in my opinion. His distribution is horrendous, lots of mistakes, concentration isn't good. He's good for a goal, and that's like something none of our other centre-backs are, because he's good in the air. So he can be used for good for set play attacking and stuff like that. So he can be useful squad member, but I I don't think he's good enough to play here, and I've actually never thought that since his injury happened uh, and i still don't have to keep him there as part of the squad rather than spend money on, on new players but I, i'm i mean good enough you know for squad competition at a big club but not good enough to start uh for a team that wants to win things in my opinion
0: yeah and cory how would you rate Zuma, and why
3: um i'm gonna him a five i think average season um I think he's, I would say, average, above-average player. I think he does suit needs. I think his capabilities of – obviously, his jumping ability is the best probably in the whole Premier League. I don't think there's anybody who jumps as well as he does. Um, I just think if he's okay with being a squad role player, you know, playing in FA Cup, Carabao Cup games, maybe the occasional Prem game depending on on if he's needed, I think that'd be for me. and I, I mean, unless you can get, you know, about 40, 40 million, then maybe I'd, I'd sell. But I think at the moment, if he's willing to play squad, squad role, squad rotation, I'm fine with him.
0: And Justice, how would you rate uh, Zuma season?
2: Well, I think that when you start talking about defenders, offensive capabilities, that probably tells you everything you need to know about the defender. Uh, had some brilliant moments. Let's not get it twisted. There were some some clutch tackles. Uh, but, you know, I coined the frame, phrase for him, elephant on roller skates, when he has the ball at his feet. And it's just, he, he's he's not that guy. Uh, better in a back four, can't play in a back five. Um, so for me, I'd go average five because he did put a lot of goals in. But that's I'd rather have a defender that defends and puts zero goals in than the other way around. So for me, I'll give him an average five. Um. But again, I think somebody needs to be moved on.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to go with an average five as well. Um, if I was to look at it in terms of pre and post Tuchel, pre Tuchel, he's probably a seven. Was uh quite good in the back four next to Silva. Got some got vital goals with his head, and then sit under Tuchel and just before Lampard went, it kind of all curtailed off for me. And he just hasn't suited the back three. And that's what, again, would worry me. I think he may stay this summer and move next summer. Um, it just because we might not be getting a centre back in. But if that does, I think he will. I think eventually he will go. But yeah, five for me is what I think he gets. And he's, as Marvin Corey put it, as he's a squad player at best at the moment. Moving on to the current captain of the team, Um, despite uh, some people saying he shouldn't be, um, Azpilicueta, Marv, how would you rate our captain's performance this season?
1: Um, I'm going to say, well, at eight because of the win. Obviously, you made that that match-winning block that probably would have been a tap-in at City. Um, Makes lots of errors. Yeah, I don't think he should be captain necessarily, but did come up when he was truly needed. And uh, in that that sense, and in that sense, I think you have to go of eight, or, uh, or or kind of in, in that kind of area. Really happy of him, delightful, and um, you know all, all that kind of stuff. Great, great stuff. And say eight, yeah. Well done. Took brilliant work from him.
0: And um, Corey, how would you rate Aspilicueta this season? Seven point
3: five. I think. Um, I think he gets a lot of slack. I think obviously post, post Lampard and the Tuchel era, I think he has shown that he is still able to play the uh, the right center back role. I think he does it very well. Um, I th- also like I think it still goes unnoticed that he's probably one of the better like on ball defenders. Like when he's being attacked, he still rarely gets spun or you know. I think the only thing that he lacks is he's starting to get the the Branislav Ivanovic treatment. I think his legs are completely shot. I think when he runs or when he's trying to cross the ball it's just it's just a dead ball i think he's, i don't i just don't think he has it anymore on him so i'm going to give him a 7.5 plus he's the captain so he deserves absolute credit for everything so and Jester's, how would how would you rate the captain's performance
0: this season
2: well well you, because I, I have two ratings in my head one for the player and one for being a captain uh, i th- i think his captaincy this year because of all the turmoil that's gone on in the team, I can't rate very highly. Uh, Went I didn't. There's just things I want to see from my captain when things are going sideways, like they did under Lampard at the end. You know, uh, everybody compares him. Of course, JT. W- would JT have been able to stop the bleeding a little bit during that time? Perhaps. Um, Aspel requested did not. Um, I'm gonna go with an average six because of that.
1: Fair enough. Or not
2: an a- above average six.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm going Aspy's always been one of them players that he is a seven out of ten performance every game. Um, consistent Asp. For me this season he's been not massively below that, but just a t- uh, just a tiny bit below that. Sometimes he's, as he's got towards the end of the season, he's kind of dropped a little bit of that. Um, and he has been a bit sloppy in some games, which you, as Corey put it, he is starting to look a bit like Ivanovic. Starting to, his legs are starting to go. And I think if this is the time where we do start phasing him out finally. And I think we've got the players for it. So for me, I'm going to give him a 6.5. Um, just a, cartoon on the point of the seven out of ten every game. I think he's now being a six point five every game. Um so we'll have to wait and see and judge Aspie and just phase him out as he needs to go and I think that's that's the fair thing to do and move the captain on to ha- Captain on band someone else. Who you give it to, I don't know, but that'll be for Tuchel to decide. Um moving on to the final member of the defence, Reese James. Marv, what are you giving Reese James this season?
1: Solid 7.5, some bad mistakes uh, as a young player, but some amazing performances as well. Um, was really good in the final and adapting to a new position. Um, as far as what you could expect from a young player in their first proper season, unbelievable. And we just won the Champions League. So, I, you know, we've got to kind of dim our expectations a bit with some of those guys, but he was fantastic. So I would say 7.5 for a race.
2: I'm sorry, goal of the season? Or goal yes. of the tournament so far, Yamalenko? I've... I've just seen that. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. Ukraine. Come on, Ukraine. Netherlands, get bit, get done. Get done. Sorry, guys. I, I, I am supporting Ukraine in this tournament. They are my dark horse. So Can't I'm boss. hoping they Actually, Black, Black,
1: Black, Black Beauty is a dark horse, isn't
0: he? What a goal. I'm just sorry. I was just watching this goal back again. <laughs> yeah, I
1: haven't seen it. i have going to try to bring
3: that up.
0: Lovely, um, Corey.
3: You're you're writing for Reese James. I'm gonna give him an eight. Me and Marv just swapped our their whole thing going on there, so I'm gonna give him an eight. I think um, I'm gonna give him credit to, like Marv said, learning a new position. I think uh, the right center back was new. I think that was the, the tactic for the the Leicester game to cope with uh, Vardy's pace, and then playing them again. You saw the same tactic again. Um, I think he is. Very good as a wing back. I think he's solid as a right back. I think there's still concerns when he passes, when he's passing back. I think he tends to not look up when he's passing backwards, and it does lean into mistakes. Like I think the biggest mistake the whole year, one of the biggest mistakes the whole year is that that what was it. It was uh, that pass back to uh, Thiago Silva, and it led to the to there being an issue or a goal. I think it was a red card or a goal, and it just I think. He has to still learn. I think he's obviously still young. I believe he's twenty one, twenty-two. Um so I think w- he once he starts maturing and he starts you know, growing in a little bit more, we'll give him some points. So I'm gonna give him an eight. And Justice, how would you rate um Reese James?
2: I I would go to seven to uh, uh just like I did Chillwill. Good moments, bad moments. Uh but definitely we're hoping that next year you see just the good moments from him. You know, when he was good, he was really good. Uh, I think, to, you know, back to the first game of the season at Banger against uh, Brighton. I, I, I want to see a lot more of that from him. He's got a crazy right peg. And for him not to be just peppering the goal when he has an opening, um, I just want to see more of that from him because he has that in his locker. Um, But a solid seven, uh, I don't think you can expect more from somebody just a second year in the league. Um, But uh, crazy upside with the kid. Can play multiple positions.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with seven as well. I think he's, he's become a little bit like the new SP. He's the Mr. Consistent. He has... Had a couple of games where he's been a bit poor, made a few mistakes, but that's just the youth in him. And I see the potential that everyone else sees. Um, I think he will grow to be possibly one of the best right backs in the league, possibly the best right back in Europe, and maybe even the best right back in the world one day. Um, but that's for him to grow and to learn from his mistakes and continue improving is the way he is. For me, I give him a seven. I think that's the correct rating to give. And hopefully we see it as Jester said, more of this good performances consistently all round for the whole year movement in the midfield and we are going to go with Mr Marmite of Chelsea Football Club himself, Jorginho Marv, what are you going to give
1: Jorginho um, I'm going to go with an 8 because when Tuchel came in he was solid in part of the game I don't think we lost many games when he played and um, I I don't know he's quite limited in what he can do but he's he's a good player. Yes. I, I think... Sorry, Marv. Ukraine just equalised. to say, a, really, a big fan, really a big fan of Jorginho there, but I don't... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go up an eight because obviously he was instrumental in some of the big games and uh, we won the Champions League with him in the eleven almost all the time. So massive redemption, which I'm a fan of because a lot of fans hated him. Um, I think he's really—he's been well worth his position. So well played. Eight, I'll say an eight.
0: Corey, what are you, you going to give uh Georgina?
3: My man, smiling over there. I can feel it. Um, I'm going to give him an eight as well. I think um, he can be instrumental to what we do um, when the game is being played. How we ought to be playing the game. Um, there are moments where he. Sucks. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think he is one of those players that he's he's got a great hat on his shoulders and he doesn't let anything really bother him. You can tell. I can only imagine what his Instagram comments are like. I don't. I have a life and I don't want to sit around and look at him all day. But I imagine he gets absolutely freaking slandered on there. So um, kudos to him for having a, a cool head and just dealing with what he's got to be dealing with. And going out there and playing in playing football, and he listen, man. He showed up all the haters too, man. Listen, the man won want a European trophy. I don't care what he does. He could he could fucking break his leg, and and I don't even know. He could do anything, and I'd be fucking totally okay with it. So, eight for me.
0: And justice, how would you rate it?
2: Well, I think we've done several We did several pods pre Tuchel with uh, Jorginho. <laughs> being my big topic, right? Uh, so again, another player that has two different ratings pre Tuchel and post Tuchel. Uh, he just can't play a holding mid with a back four, doesn't have the physicality or pace. Uh, but when, since Tuchel's come in, bar I think a couple games he had stinkers in. He's been pretty good. So because of that, because of the first half not being so good and the second half being good, I'm going to go with the seven again. Fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm
0: going to list, obviously, everyone who's coming from directly from worldwide Chelsea stream may have remembered the historic four out of ten that I gave Jorginho and Kovacic in the half season. And they've been dying to know what I've actually put for the full season. Um, For Jorginho, I I did think he played really well. And if I'm going to average it out, he did get an eight in that two-call season part. So for me, I'm going to give him a 6.5 just because I'm not going to forget the Lampard. I'm not going to forget his limitations, but I do respect him as a player and a professional. And we'll see if he can continue to be a Chelsea player in the future. Um, Moving on to his partner in crime, Mr. Press-resistant, Mateo Kovacic. Marv, tell me about uh, his rating.
1: Well, for me, he was probably about a seven um, because he got injured in the real key moments of the season. Uh, I mean, he didn't play a lot of those kind of games in a final point, so I kind of took a bit of his rating off. But he's a a good player. I mean, he doesn't offer, you know, too much in a creative sense and stuff, but he's he's definitely a valuable player in his team. I would say, I don't think he's as amazing as some people say, but I also don't think he's bad as other people say. I think he has a lot to offer the squad and is a worthy player in the team. I'd say seven.
0: Clearly, Diego doesn't agree with that rating.
1: Yeah, he's more of a pace and power type guy, I think. Ah, Doesn't like the press resistance. Yeah, maybe he's more of a fan of uh, an Ndombele
0: or someone like that. Yeah, more of a Ruben Loftus-Cheek fan. Yes, there we go. That's a good one. Um Corey, um tell me your uh Kovacic rating.
3: Hmm interesting. Um he's a hard one, I think, to rate. I haven't I've I've been pretty clear with everybody, but um I'm gonna give him a seven point five. I think he beginning of the season and going into the middle part of the season, he was good. He was um kind of one of our better players um with Kanté being kind of fringy with his injuries, um Jorginho being, you know, Jorginho and then I I think he it, after the injury he came back and you could just tell there was there was rust. I mean, he was making mistakes. He was when he was carrying the ball, he was getting tackled from behind, losing on a possession. And then I just I didn't think he was ready to come back. I think either he rushed it or mentally he wasn't there. So, um he's made mistakes, he's been one of our more consistent midfielders. Um, and I just, I, I personally like him as a midfielder. I, I personally like him. I like his freaking bulldog attitude. When he kicked the ball and and it hit, I forget who it hit in the face after they blew the whistle. I don't think I've laughed that hard watching a game in my entire life. I mean, he deserves 10 out of 10 for that alone. So, um, I'm going to give him a 7.5. Fair enough. And Jester's, what do you think?
2: Um, I think we're going to have, Matt, I think our, our ratings are going to be flipped on Jorginho and, and Kovacic, because I think Kovacic is a, a step below at a 6.5. Um, oh, crap. Netherlands just scored. I
0: know, I just, oh, for God's sake. Don't like that at all.
1: Oh, so, come on.
2: Yeah. Um, what a shame. It's, it's been a wonderful game, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, eh? I just, you know, he's one of those things that just keeps he he's, he le- leaves you wanting more. Like, okay, but give me, you know, the end product. Give me a pass. And and you see the path, the. There's a couple of through balls he made. I think that's an old goal. Sorry, um, but. He just doesn't do it enough. He just, like, give me a little bit more. So
0: 6.5. Yeah, I mean, for me, I am going to go over 6.5 as well. Um, I think I'd give him the similar rate to Jorginho. was kind of the same for me. I think when considering he was player of the year last season, I expected more for this season. and I think he has dropped. Um, the problem for me is I think he's kind of, he's a box-to-box midfielder, people describe him as but he's not really good at either end of the box which is a problem for me um i i think he he is good he is press resistant as people love to say every 5 minutes about kovacic um but i i for me between georgino and kovacic especially when they're in the same midfield i don't do I think they do enough together to create goals and i think when it comes to chelsea wanting to create a dynasty we're going to have to get rid of one of them um I don't care which one it is, I don't have a agenda for who I want to keep and who I want to go. But I think we're gonna have to bring in different midfielders uh who can create more in the final third, or even score themselves. Um and I think one of them two are gonna have to give away in the future. But six point five, give the same as Jorginho, I'll be fair. Um I gave both fours at the beginning of the season, so I'll give give both six point fives at the end. Uh, moving on to N'Golo Kante. Marv, give me your rating for Kante.
1: Oh, we've got to go over nine there with him. Um, amazing in all the important games, uh, cut the spaces, broke lines. One thing, the interceptions when the balls were coming, when teams were trying to play out the back from against us and he just got it and drove through the final, the back end of the season. It was unbelievable and reiterates the fact that people are fucking stupid. I remember people wanting to swap him for Jaden Sancho. And I uh, just, you know, he's the he's a world... He was our only world-class player a couple of seasons ago. And even amongst all these new signs and good young players, he still stands out as the absolute best. Incredible player. I personally think he should win the Ballon d'Or. And hopefully it happens. But, amazing. Corey, what do you think of Kante?
3: He's my Ballon d'Or winner, I can tell you that for sure. Um, I think he gets a 9 as well. I think... I, I think he's the best midfielder on planet Earth. I really don't think there's anybody who, who touches that. He does what almost I don't think a lot of people do. He is one of those guys that really... I don't think... Has he ever gotten a red card for Chelsea? Because I really don't think he ever has. And for someone I, can't, who... I can't
0: think of what's off my head. I can't either. And no, I, I for someone about...
3: who... Yeah. 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 And I think for someone who does what he does... Being able to break the line, put in tackles, and miraculously only get yellow cards is freaking mind blowing. He is our only world class player. Um I think there's potential world class players on this team, but he is the only world class player we have. And when healthy, he is unstoppable. And I think if we found the perfect pairing to next next to him, like I've said on this podcast before, when paired up when he was paired with for Conte, he was unstoppable. And if you pair someone up him, to him next to him, like we did with Matic, we, he will become unstoppable again. And I think that's the only way to success, whether it be rice, whether it be whoever else to Jemeni, I don't care who it is. It's gotta be someone who pairs next to him. Cause if he pairs next to him, right. Untouchable, untouchable. And justice, what do you think?
2: Yeah, unfortunately I can't go over an eight for, for him because, uh, uh, he was, he missed quite a few games. Um, I don't think for uh the majority of the season you saw Conte at his best now when toward the end, when you needed the best Conte, you got it uh whether that had to do with injuries or the system they were playing in or or what have you um I think the second half Conte was better than the first half Conte <clears throat> again, our only world class player but uh, that doesn't mean you get a higher uh higher rating <clears throat> rating because by at the rate what you actually did on the pitch uh so for, for me he he's another one with an 8 um but i i can't go any higher than that because kind of the lack of playing time
0: fair enough yeah i mean i'm going to go with an 8 as well i think he was again one of the best players in the team uh, overall, I think obviously the Champions League campaign speaks for itself. He got a man of a match in nearly every comp- in nearly every match, and um, was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think Tuchel got the best out of Kante, um, where there was questions under Lampard a little bit still. And I agree with Marv's sentiment. I mean, people wanted this guy gone, and I cannot for the world understand it. Um, for anything under a hundred million, it is an absolute. Steal, steal for anyone to get Kante um, and I, for me he would be one of the players that is unsellable um, I think there's not many players out there like him and it proves when we miss him he is he is a big part of the team that is taken out um, so I, I would not want to get rid of him at all um, Marv, do you, when, what time do you have to go? Uh, I must go in about three minutes time Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to quick fire the rest of the players oh. just before you go. And I want you to give me just quick rating for them. Okay. So we'll start with Mason Mount. Uh, Nine. Timo Werner. Eight. Hakan
1: Ziyech. 6.5. Kalamazanodoy. No, I'll go back to Ziyech and give him a seven. Sorry, you scored important goals. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Hudson-Odoi, five. Your favourite player, Tammy Abraham? Uh, didn't really play enough. Um, I- I'm going to say five. He, uh, it's a bit more of a neutral because yeah, I'm a huge fan, but he, did, he didn't He did complain when he wasn't playing. He did support the team and he obviously played his role in the dressing room and all that stuff. So I'll give him a five, be fair. Um, Olivier Giroud. Uh, Giroud, seven. Important goal against Atletico Madrid was key. Four goals in one game. He was our top scorer in the Champions League.
0: Uh, Christian Pulisic. Uh,
1: oh, that's a tough one. 7.5. Wasn't as good as he was last season, but still a key attacker for the player. The only 1v1 player we've got um, has superstar quality and he's a big player. And remember, he's still super young and he's really good at a lot of things. So yeah, 7.5. Didn't quite hit the heights. As uh, In some games, missed that against Man City in that final. He should have scored. I was going nuts when he missed. Yeah, 7.5 for him. And then finally, I'm going to ask you to give me
0: a rating for each manager, Lampard and Tuchel.
1: Okay, Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, Lampard, three, um, almost had us into obscurity despite a lot of money. Love the guy, was good in the first season. In the second season, nowhere near the right level to be the manager here, Um, which is sad, but it's the truth. And uh, Tuchel, he's got to get a straight 10. I mean, he got us in top four from 10th position, got us to a cup final by Beaten City and won the Champions League. I mean, what else are we generally expecting with a quarter of a season? Um, 10 for Tuchel,
0: yeah. I mean, you're quite spot on with most of your ratings. Um, and well, I'll let you go because obviously you've got uh to go. Um, so thank you, Mark for coming on. Um, thank you, Matthew, and I hope to See guys. you on the summer. See you
1: the Perfect. next one. Let's get it on. Let's get Haaland in.
0: Perfect. Definitely what Harland did. See you later. Um, so, to carry on with the rest of the ratings, um, Corey, we'll go straight to you. Player the Mason Mount, what are you going to rate him?
3: Mm, 9.5. Um, Mr. Consistent, I think for me, I think uh, whatever you say, whatever those people say about how he doesn't have open play assists or yada, 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 I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Um, He does a lot of the dirty work. Nobody does. And there's only two people. I think only three people on the team who does the dirty work. And uh, we already went to County. We're doing Mason Mount now. And the next person we'll get to that I'll talk about. And I think what he does and what he brings mentally, um, the passion that he obviously clears, clearly cares for this club and the freaking engine this guy has on him that he is literally nonstop running. I barely see this guy walking half the time um he is clearly a favorite of Tuchel he's clearly a favorite of Gareth Southgate which is shocking because Southgate is shocking um he is uh, one of my favorite players on the team I think um what he does is so disrespected um especially his pressing I mean there is no one on the team who presses as well as he does um he just does things that no one else will do, and he's willing to do them for the club and for the team, and that's what you need most. And it goes unappreciated by a lot of people. Um, I he gets a nine point five out of me. It, it's he had the he had the assist. He had the open play assist to Kai Havertz to score the the, the winning goal for the Champions League. That all as all should be either a nine point five or a ten, for me. And Jester's how how would you rate
2: Mason Mount? He's going to be an eight again. Um, still left me with, with wanting a little bit more from him. Um, very very good as an eight, but I think that some of the uh, he I think maybe not the the killer instinct playing as a a, a an attacking in an attacking position. He just, there's something, I can't put my finger on it when he's playing in an attacking position like a, a forward or a or a cam. I really like him as a, you know, fr- from that eight position playing through balls and then uh, maybe shooting outside the box, which I didn't see enough from him. He If he, if you're that good, you, you see it from his set pieces, you need to be popping a lot more shots from outside the box. Uh, so for, for me, he's got a lot, he's got ways to go if he's saying he's he's world class I don't think he's world class yet so for me an 8 yeah
0: for me I'm going to go a little bit in between you guys and go 9 so that would be the same as Mendy and then would we'll be joint best player in the team um, yeah I think he's had a really good season I do think that my issue would be is why are we why is Ma- Mason Mount shouldn't be the best player of the season because we shouldn't have to rely on a 22-year-old to be the most consistent one in on the team. And there should be more senior players that should be doing better throughout the whole season and to be stepping up, which I would like to see next season from certain players. But credit to Mason Mount. He has been the one to step up most of the time when most needed. Um, and he did get the assist in Champions League final. He has done some memorable moments. And he, he does... Not to be a uh, kind of youth uh, frenzy, but he bleeds He bleeds Chelsea at the moment, and it's, not, it's always nice to have that in the team. So hopefully he continues his development for, as a 22-year-old, getting into his prime, and then can be the player that we all dream him to be. Um, so good season. Hopefully many more to come. Um, now we're going to move on to a player that polarises the whole Chelsea Twitter. Timo Werner. Corey, give me your rating.
3: This one's gonna be fun, isn't it? Um, hmm. I am gonna give him. Uh, I'm gonna give him. Oh, god, damn it. Um, I want to give him. I want to give him a nine, but I know I shouldn't. So I'm gonna give him an eight point five. <laughs> um, he is also, like I said, the one of the three players that I think does a lot of dirty work. Um, William got slated for being too defensive. And Timo Warner does some of the same things when he plays on the wing. He is willing to run back and help out defensively. Yes, he has seen a blimp of finishing and it's not been good. I think a lot of some of his goals have been due to the dumbest thing we've ever seen in football, which is VAR Um, millimeter millimeters off of goals, which is so stupid, by the way. But. Um, he was. I think he was the team leader for goals and assists total combined. Correct.
0: I mean, yes, I think was, so. Yeah, I think he so, was actually the high, the only player to do that since N Hazard in twenty
3: twelve. I think that. Yeah, that gives him. That should give him. I that de- is deserving enough to to get less heat. Um, I think he offers a lot. I think his runs still go unnoticed to a lot of the people who are just watching the games. What he does, clearly what he did for Kai Havertz in our, in our Champions League win, that run is what he does. And that's why it's so instrumental to why he starts and why he plays so much. Because without that, we get not We don't even get that goal. We're talking maybe a completely different result in at, at the Champions League final. He does things that no one wants to do, and he's willing to do them up front. If no one's gonna do him, then how are we supposed to score these goddamn goals? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what it, unless we get Erling Holland, which it's still hypothetical, it may not even happen. He's gonna be there, and he's gonna be making those runs. So, for me, eight point five. And Jesters, how how would you rate Team
0: Avner this season?
2: Uh, gotta go with a seven. Um, just just because. Too many offsides, too many missed goals. Uh, and I don't know if you remember his season before this uh, Spain-Germany game. But he was a l- different player pre-Spain-Germany. And after Spain-Germany, it was like what I should call it the Spanish flu. He was just not the same player. Um, still put up, you know, decent numbers. Uh, In overall competitions, not really in the Premier League. He's got to be a seven for me. Um, I need him to stay on sides. And when he has a chance to put the ball in the back of the net, not fluff his lines. So, seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm probably going to edge and go with Jester's as well. I think I... Too many pe- too many people slag Werner off too much. I think there are there are problems in his game. He can't keep on side well enough. Um and when he does keep on side he does have some problems of finishing, which I do I do think Jester is completely right with um the whole Spain Germany issue. I think after G- Spain spat spattered Germany, um I think Werner and if you looked at all the German players in that forward line they were never the same. They weren't the same for their clubs for months on end after. Um, so it was obvious that game did take a lot out on that team, um, and cause a rippling effect into Werner and Havers' game. Um, but I do think he does a lot on the off the ball. Uh, he really suits our overall style, and I have a feeling he will get better and better. I think people misunderstood Timo Werner when he came in as well. I remember writing an, an article on the summer about Timo Werner. I did say he's not the most clinical striker he will miss some opportunities. did so at Leipzig and he has done in the past, but the what what he brings to you um, as a second striker and an inside forward is uh, very good. And if you pair him up to a good striker, so if we do get Haaland next season and you pair him with Werner, I think that could be a recipe for success that could spare that could cap, could give us many Premier League trophies in the future. So I'm going to give him a 7. Uh, I need more next season, but I think he will give us more. Moving on to another one, the new sign-ins from last season, Hakim Ziyech. Corey, what would you give him?
3: Um, I'm going to give him a 6.5. Squared crucial goals. Um, I believe it was two goals I- against City. I think he was either against City or one of them was against Leicester. And he's got a left foot, man. I think he's kind of seeming to be more one-dimensional than I thought he would be. Um, He's clearly just a right winger. I think um, he hasn't suited any of Tuchel's plans at the moment. Uh, We'll have to see next year. I I think also a a preseason with Tuchel, I think we'll we'll see maybe some tinkering. We'll see different formations being used. Seeing some players used in other positions, maybe it will open up room. We, I mean, we really honestly don't know. We only got a half season of Tuchel and only like really realistically one formation, other than the red card that Thiago Silva got. And we played, I think, it was like a what like a four-one-three or something like that. Um, so I I want to see what the formations look like in the preseason and what these guys are what they're tankering with. And I want to see him. I would like to see him play a little more. I, I know he's. He's a much more he's he's much better than he's advertised and what we've seen. So, willing to give him a break this year. Um, so I'm gonna give him a six point five. And justice, would you agree with Corey?
2: I would not. Uh, I'm gonna give him a four. Uh, not as advertised. Uh, yes, he scored some big goals, but he was also dreadful in a lot of games. Uh didn't like his attitude uh and I think he's gone this summer. I don't think he'll be with the team to start of next year so um because I had higher expectations because he's twenty seven twenty eight years old i I thought that he would be a much better player than he was, and yeah, how many times did he lose the ball? With a first touch, uh, he no, you know, he just for all the good things that he can do, you look at just some of the awful things he did. Uh, pair that with the lack of play time, he's got to be a four for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm caught in two minds of what to give him. I'm going to give him a five point five. I think, like Jester said, I expected a lot more um, from the player. I do, I am sympathetic that the fact that he, the era Eredivisie obviously got cancelled, was one of the first to cancel and it never came back. Uh, and then he was very start and stop with his injuries. Um, and he did have good moments in them games. And then once Tuchel came in, I think he did just struggle to get into the system. Um, so that there are reasons for why he hasn't played well and they're not all his fault. um, but I do think he does to take some responsibility with being a senior player that needs to step up. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not too sure whether he'll go in the summer. I think if there is a winger that will go, he will go. Um, he'll be the one to ship out, but I do think he might have one season, and it may be a point that if he doesn't step up for the first half of the season, he goes in January. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that, uh, and it's only for Hacking Siesh to decide whether well, he like will... That.
2: I got breaking news if this is somewhat true Absolute Chelsea just tweeted Chelsea have agreed to to a deal to sign Ashraf Hakimi from Inter Milan Who's the source? He's got Fabrizio Romano on there but I can't see anything that Fabrizio Romano tweeted on that
0: Uh, Let me have a look No he said about jane sancho he hasn't said anything else yeah i'm just but saying that, what that, that is very interesting uh if that is true then wow okay great um guys hopefully we have signed hakimi that would be interesting to have that broken news on the pod um we haven't had any breaking news on the pod so if that is true we'll stand by in the next few minutes and let you know um but yeah i do think he does don't need to step up um and again, he'll be the only one to judge whether he will stay at the club, whether he will step up or not. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Corey, Kalamazatoi, what would you rate him?
3: Um, I'm going to give him a five. I think we didn't see enough of him. I think uh, learning the new position, I, I think, offers hope. I think it awful, also offers him maybe another way of seeing... Some game time, depending on you know if Hakimi comes in, if whether or not he does or not. I think having some rotation with Reese James in that spot as well, I think also gives team some problems. It he offers something I think Reese really doesn't have, which is pace. I think Callum is much faster, unless Reese is obviously just not running all the time in the games. It just seems like he's slow, but that's a personal thing for me. Um, I think he offers a lot. I just think. I don't, I don't know if it's if it's him, like a mentality-wise, or if or what it is. He just doesn't seem like he gets game time, and I don't know what, what the reasoning is for it. But I'm going to give him a fair rating. I'm going to give him a five. But I still didn't see enough of him, and I would like to see more of him, especially next season. So.
0: Yeah, Jester's, I don't want to break your bubble, but I just looked at the tweet, and it's a fake account.
2: Oh, okay, well, I you know, I just saw it. I, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I was doing. I was, I was actually searching through Twitter to see if I could find it.
0: Yeah. I I just, I, I clicked on absolute Chelsea and I was like, there's nothing on here. And then I've seen someone else post it in a group chat and then, uh, clicked on the account. It was 324 followers. So unless absolute Chelsea have lost a hell of a following in the last few minutes, uh, Definitely a fake account, which unfortunately is the ways of Twitter nowadays. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on to your rating for Kanoa Tildoy. Uh
2: I'm going to give him a five, average five. I think another player that needs to be moved in the summer, whether it's a loan or sell, so, um, his injury and... Pair that with the lack of playing time has really, really retarded his growth in this team. And uh, I think really uh, a move somewhere needs to happen just for the sake of his career. I mean, I know everybody wants him to succeed at Chelsea because, you know, he came through the academy, he's English. But also for me, don't you just want... Because of those facts, don't you want him to have a successful career? And getting a game here and there is not going to develop him any further. So, again, for me, uh, a, a five, and uh, I'd like to see him playing someplace else next year. Yeah.
0: I mean, you, just as you've hit the now on ahead in terms of what we should do, what what should happen with Cho's future. I think I would go with the loan um, just because, as you said, he's lacked, he's not had that development and he's not getting the game time right now. And for a player of his age, he needs to be playing consistently. He doesn't need to be playing four or five games every season. And then two or three of them games, he plays excellent and everyone says he's the next best thing. Um, But that'll be something we will discuss Later on in other pods, uh, we're going to do a hopefully a sell, keep, and loan uh, for the whole squad uh, and some of the loan army. So that'll be something we'll open um, in a few, few pods' time. Um, but yeah, I, I would go with 5.5. I think he's sparkled in a, some spells, but he's also been disappointed in others. He also just simply hasn't played enough under both managers, which that would be the, now the third. Consecutive manager that hasn't played cards and Callum to the consistency, which spells to me that it's not a manager's problem. Maybe it is the players' problem. There is something in that none all three of these managers don't see, and sees as a problem. Um, so I, I, I do think a, a good loan spell, maybe in the Bundesliga, will really help Callum. But I think and I think I think he, the club just have to accept that, and fans just have to accept that. Unfortunately, but. The more he play, I think the more he stays here, the less of a chance he's going to become that top player that they think he is. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Um, moving on to another academy player that could be out of the door. Tammy Abraham, Corey, how would you rate his season?
3: Five as well. I think uh, for me, yeah, he scored some goals, but... One of, of one of the guys again who suffered from not getting enough game time don't know the reasons why he didn't play mm, don't understand why he didn't play. I feel bad for him at the same time. I know that he loves this club and he loves this team. You can see that obviously with um the like obviously like all the Instagram posts and stuff like that. You can clearly tell he loves the the team, but I just think he isn't. I don't know if it's not our level, or I don't know if he's not our level with, when it comes to being a complete starter. I think there are things in his game he needs to work on, especially when it comes to starting in big games. It seems like he goes missing sometimes, um, and that's not the knock on the player. I just think maybe right now for his future and his career, he just it's, better, it's best to move on.
0: And just as how how would you rate his career?
2: Yeah, spot on there, Corey. Uh five and he needs to go this summer. Uh that's not interested in signing a contract to be a backup player. So you 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 know, for this for Tammy's sake as well, he has room to develop as well. You want him to get consistent game time. He doesn't want to sign a contract. It's time to go. You know, in the Mortal World words of Claude, it's time to go. So, uh, five, and uh, thank you for your service.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree with you guys. I think five is my rating as well. Um, he hasn't played enough this season. Whether that's his for reasons of his own or whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. And if at the end of the day, we won the Champions League, so we can't be the one to judge. Um, and I think it will probably be his, be his time is up. Um, and maybe that will be it again that we talk about the best for a player's career. Maybe it is the best for his career to go out to someone else and do quite well. Um, at the end of the day, we want we say our academy is the best in the world, but we want to stunt everyone's growth by trying to get them into the first team. Sometimes I like to see a player like Abraham go out to another club and do well. Obviously, it's bad the fact that, oh, we could we could have had him, but sometimes it's not about how they were that they just need the development. Sometimes you can't give the time of that development in this club. Maybe they need to go to a smaller club and build that way. And I think that's what Abraham will have to do. He'll go to a, a West Ham maybe or a Leicester or somewhere in Europe. And he, he probably will do well. He probably will become a top striker one day. But unfortunately, the striker position, it's the role where you've really, you've really got to be on your edge. And we, for Jogba, We brought plenty of strikers in to try and compete and possibly replace him, but he always just stood up and was the best. Um, But that, and that's unfortunately that's the same happening with Tammy Abraham right now. I just think he can't cope with it, which is unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. Um, Moving on to the final, the striker, uh, final striker, you rude. Jesters, what are you giving him?
2: Oh, coming to me first. Uh, Again, I have to separate the uh, Champions League from everything else. Um, I, and I'm going to go with a five just because I, he, you know, if you want me to rate just his Champions League performances, it would be higher. But again, a five, thank you for your service. I think uh, he, he's going to be at AC Milan next,
3: next year. And yeah, Corey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with a five. I think Uh, thanks for scoring those goals. Um, Really appreciated to uh, getting us the Champions League. We appreciate it, obviously. I think he's uh, been a great servant for the club, whether he goes or whether he stays. um, He's clearly done much more here than he ever did at Arsenal, um, which is saying a whole lot considering they suck ass. So um, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, I love Olivier Giroud, handsome guy, but five for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go a tad
0: higher than both of you got I'm gonna go over six. Um just partially because I think I just love the guy. I think only only the only person that probably loves him more than me is CFC Dubois, obviously. Uh loves the guy. But um yeah, I think he's had a good seat. I think he's had an okay season when he's played. Uh under Tuchel he struggled a little bit like Abraham. Um but I think again that's more the system. But he has had Some good moments. I got obviously the overhead kick against Atletico Madrid was absolutely fantastic, and I think he does go down for me as a cult hero at Chelsea. And he's, as you said, he's won it. He's nearly won it all at Chelsea, uh, unlike Arsenal. So thank Giroud, just thank us for giving him a good career. Um, The final player, uh, I didn't mean to miss him out, but I have, Um, and possibly Jester's and Corey is one of their favourite players. Uh, being on the other side of the pond. Christian Pulisic, jesters, what are you going to give him?
2: A six. Um, and With the caveat, if he doesn't improve, both with his, his physical uh, ability to be uh, available for the game, and when he does get on the pitch, take it up a level, like he did showed at the end of last season, he needs to be moved on next summer. So a six.
0: Interesting that that and that, I know how much you like Six, So that that is lovely to hear from you because obviously a lot of people would say you have an agenda, but I, I know, obviously I know and as you've just said here, you've proved that you 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 don't have an agenda. You just love Chelsea Football Club, um, Corey.
3: How how would you rate Six season? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Jester's 100 uh, percent there. I think he echoes. Uh, I think he echoes most of people's sentiments when it comes to Christian Pulisic. Um, unfortunately, he's going to I think he's going to be one of those players who's just he, he when he gets hurt, he's hurt for a while and it unfortunately it suffers for him. Not at the club level, but just for for like his sake. I, I just think injuries will just be become more of a problem and it seems like they are always like hamstring issues and those usually never kind of just like go away. They're always kind of just they're around and they wiggle around you see it a lot in, in in sports um if he's not available to play and he can't be fit then unfortunately we have to sell I mean you can't keep waiting around for someone you know for the entirety of his career to hopefully he comes good if, he, if he's not available to play he's not available to play and that's it's a risk to take so if um at the end of this year I think if it's a consideration if he's not healthy and he's not He's not hitting his target goals that the club set or that the coach sets. I think we look other options. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with both you guys and go
0: over six as well. I think um, not the worst season by any means, but he doesn't need to improve. I hope that it's one of them things where he's young, he's still in his young body, that he does grow out of some of these injuries. And I think he is going to lead a lot of time in off the pitch in the medical room, whether it's not, because he's injured but just rehabbing and continuing to keep his body at an optimum level um, as Tuchel mentions about red zones and orange zones I think he will drop into that red zone sometimes and he will just be managed which I hope Tuchel will be able to do uh, appropriately because he has improved on his injury record since under Tuchel so let, let, let's see how, what he can do next season I'm confident in perfect that he can step up and be the player he, he, he is and we know he is um, before we finish up, I'll put these both into the same bracket. Um, Corey, give me your ratings for Lampard and Tuchel on the season.
3: Yeah. Um, well, uh, you missed a player. We missed Kai Havertz, I believe so. <gasps>
0: How can I miss uh, Kai Havertz? Oh, I don't right, know. Give me, give me Kai Havertz as well while you're at uh, it. I'll,
3: yeah, I'll do a quick one. So I'll do Kai Havertz. He gets a 10. He scored the goal. I don't care anymore. Um, say what you want. He's 21. He's clearly... Got the cojones to, to come back from COVID, moving to a new country, overcoming all the obstacles he's had, not playing, not starting, all these other things, and then to go out there and score the fucking winning goal for the Champions League final. I, I honestly, the guy could start the rest. Of the, he, he's, he's earned what he we paid for him. He is, he's got talent, and I think, I think once we, he gets comfortable, the world is a, he is a wrecking ball, and the world will be fucking destroyed. I mean, he is. He is something. He's something else that we, we probably haven't seen in a long time. And I think he's a 10. He's 10 for 10 for me. He's my only 10 out of 10. Um, the scoring, the, the winning goal of the Champions League, it, everything after that does not matter. So 10 for 10 for me. Um, and I'll give you my Lampard and two cool things. Lampard gets, uh for this season, he got, um if I, I three. I'll give him a three. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I still think from the beginning, he didn't have a set plan of what he wanted to play, what's formations. I think he overthought the job a little bit. Um and it's unfortunate because it's hard to separate the player from the manager and we all love Frank. Um but unfortunately he had to be sacked, you know, falling into tenth place. It's not the greatest spot to be. So we move on from that and then um we will Tugel gets a ten out of ten. Simples. Once Champions League got a the cup final and um and then that's it for me. Honestly, that's my opinion.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And Jess, as if you can give me Kai Havertz's rating, right Lampard's rating, right and Tugel's rating. Right
2: yeah, um, I have to be consistent here uh, because uh, Kai didn't miss a lot of time. No, it wasn't his fault, but we have to be consistent. Uh, so I'm going to give him a six and a half. Uh, just because he did score the Champions League winner. and But he missed a lot of time. And uh, early in the season wasn't great. Of course, somebody was playing him as an 8. We won't mention that name. Although I will here in a minute. So, 6.5 for Kai, Mr. Kai Havertz. Think that he'll, he will be uh, an 8 or a 9 next year. But... We have to rate him on what he did this year. Um, As for Frank Lampard, since a lot of my player ratings were pre and post Frank Lampard, I'm going to give Frank a two. Uh, Was given tons of signings, didn't put him in the correct positions, didn't manage the squad well, left in tenth position. He gets a two. And so if at Two, you, you came home with a what? The song goes at two, you came home with a 10. Thomas Tuchel's a 10. So to take a, ten, a, uh, a team in 10th with the uh, player problems from the previous manager, change the formation, put everything back on track, win the Champions League as a freaking 10.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, going into Kai Havertz, I'm going to give him uh, seven. That will be purely because of the Champions League goal, mainly. Um, It would be lower if if it wasn't for that. Um, Again, like Jester said, there's reasons why he didn't play well and he had issues. He had a lot of issues with COVID, playing out of position. Um, And I think next season will be now the time he's got this goal, and this goal can hopefully step him on to become eventually in a Chelsea legend um if he isn't already um, I still think there was a long way to go to be there's uh, still a way to go to be a legend, but he's certainly put his name into Chelsea folklore, and I think he can be one a player that be one of the best players at this football club um moving on to Lampard's rating I'm gonna give him a three point five and that is purely because. I love the man, and I have got a bias. Um, I'm not afraid to hide it, and I'm not afraid to apologise for it. Um, I do think, ultimately, the whole job was just too early for him. Um, I think everyone can understand that. Um, He did a job in the first half of the first season, which I think most managers wouldn't have done, wouldn't have taken, uh, and he stepped up to do it. Unfortunately, just as Corey kind of mentioned, Jester said, the job was just too big for him and I hope he goes away, uh, gets into a good club, um, learns and develops his style of football and then he can come back and be a world-class uh, good manager in the future. Um, but obviously he's got a lot to learn and I think he's got time to learn it. Um, Tuchel, cool. I can't give him anything else than a 10. You come in first few months, you win the Champions League. You need to get the FA Cup, but in the end, that doesn't matter because you won the Champions League. You're the second best, you're, just, you're only the second manager to do that. Um, and unlike Di Matteo, I think he will last more than four months into the first season the uh campaign. And hopefully, we can keep him for long. But obviously, I'm not going to get uh, emotionally attached to any manager because, you know, this is Chelsea Football Club. And if we don't get results, Tuchel be under pressure but we'll have to wait and see um, how next season goes and hopefully it'll be a great season um, and that does bring the end to a very exciting pod um, I'd like to thank all the listeners uh, for coming on giving us a listen um, hopefully you've agreed with some of our player ratings and you've jotted down some player ratings of your own uh, make sure if you're listening from Twitter pop down the comments give us your player ratings and why um, and let us know about any other topics that we discussed. Um, I'd like to thank, first of all, Corey. Thank you for coming on.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on again.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Hopefully in the summer uh, we can have you on a lot more.
3: Yeah, of course, when the Euros come back home, um, I'm glad to come on. Yes, well, hopefully
0: one day you can come. You can actually come back home and enjoy it. <laughs> I, with know. Us.
3: I know.
2: Agreed. <laughs>
0: uh and as thank you for coming on as usual regular on the pod and hopefully see you ever more in the summer
2: yes sir again i appreciate you having me on and uh you know i enjoy everything you do i know you're working hard and you're writing articles and doing the podcast and supporting sadiq on his on his youtube channel so uh fair play to you keep up the good work and uh we'll see you next time
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, So as I said, thank you to the listeners for having a listen. Uh, Catch us next week. Hopefully we'll get weekly pods out for the
2: rest of the summer. Lots of exciting content.